Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 256, Episode 1 of Der Daily Zeitgeist, a yeah. production of iHeartRadio. We're on the range with that little cowboy yodel. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Monday, September 26th, 2022. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. I see the monarchy is dying. I feel the king is overwhelmed. Don't you think he can sign those papers with no bloody fountain pens? Don't go out tonight, because they'll lock you up on site. There's a bad king on the rise. That is courtesy of Toxic Podge. Boom. In reference to his majesty, King Charles III. Just... Can't bear these bloody things. Pen, AKA pens the week. Yeah. They get them all. They get us all. I know we keep coming back to it, but I do think it is an instant classic viral video of him just not being able to deal with the stress of signing papers. His one job. The one Literally thing the only he will thing. be asked to do. You know, I, I read something about Charles that he's never put toothpaste on his toothbrush. Hell no. Yeah. That's for the plebes. That's for the serfs yep. to do for him. Yep. 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 He's got, so, he's got like, a leaky pen. Yeah. Are you kidding? <laughs> Every sticking time is what he said. He, I, I would have to imagine there are multiple people who are in charge of putting tooth, toothpaste on his toothbrush, but well, because it seeps know. down if you don't brush your teeth. I hate that, you know, when you like it yeah. like sits on the mm. top and then it seeps into the bristles. 
Right. The, so you got to get it. You got to get the timing right. Got to be snappy. Well, something I heard about somebody who was in a movie with Tom Cruise said that when you're having breakfast with Tom Cruise, like he'll sit down to breakfast and they'll like be about to like take the eggs from the pan onto his plate because he likes it like right there perfect and but then like if he gets distracted and like goes somewhere else they have like another set of eggs going so that like just the timing yeah you never know he just jumps up on his chair on the table no 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 (laughs) stunt out you satan (laughs) anyways i'm thrilled to be joined by a very special guest co-host one of the eps on this very network he is the king of sting that bitch on twitch it's dj (laughs) daniel goodman (laughs) aka bowtie bike man happy to be here man for all of our uh, non-visual uh non-visual podcast listeners for everybody i have a bow tie my mic that uh, that's everyone that i got from my puppy she was uh, adorned with a beautiful pink bow tie after getting groomed and i was like well that's going on my microphone yeah it's really cute it gives your it seems like this this version of daniel is the ms pac-man version of daniel that we're we're recording with today very much so (laughs) just one one small addition what if we put a little pink bow it's so gendered that yeah, but I like it. You know what I mean? Like it it made me that. feel like I was represented, you know? Just like, yeah. <laughs> that is if it had been Matt, he wouldn't have had it on. It would have been like some sunglasses or some shit. No. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah that's, yeah. that's for the other recording. That's cool <laughs> it shows your out. yeah, you support women in podcasting by putting yes. a bow I do what I can. on your And the only here. way he does is just that bow. Oh boy. Yeah, 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 that's it. Oh, it's <laughs> pure misogyny counts. from here on out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the the bow is it just look. It looks good. Thank you. I Appreciate think that. more people are going to start putting bow ties on their microphones. It's a cool look. If only. You know, we're starting a revolution right Yeah. <laughs> the revolution <laughs> will not be televised, but you will hear it described on podcasts. <laughs> Anyways, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a very talented journalist, activist, stand-up comedian. She hosted and was the head writer for Newsbroke on Al Jazeera has hosted specials on MSNBC as a regular contributor to the Young Turks. You can see her and hear her on the very funny and informative podcast, The Bituation Room, and on stand-up stages everywhere where she has recently been performing just all all the way pregnant, uh, very (laughs) pregnant. Please welcome the hilarious and talented Francesca Fiorentini! A.K.A. I have an AKA for the first time. AKA MILF does a body good. AKA Prego my ego. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> MILF does a body good. There yeah. You go. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. And other, and other things, other jingles from the late 80s. Whatever you want. <laughs> let's, let's do it. I, re- I realized like, well, now I have an identity. It is mother. Yes. Yay. I'm a mama <laughs> bear. Yay. And when I get mama bear status, it's a uh, watch out. Well, I'm changing all my bios. Suddenly it's going to be mom, American flag, lover of Christ. (laughs) I don't even know who that dude is, but I love him. Yeah. Oh, man. That is fantastic. What a... What a time you get to you get to choose your mom persona here in a, a couple of weeks. Will you be wine mom? Will you be pot mom? Will you be you know mm-hmm. all of you the can above? Be, you don't all deserve the, to be tired mom. I want to be well. acid mom. Acid Ooh. mom is Hell underrated, yeah. but wow, very cool. 
and mm-hmm. uh, you know, very good at getting you down on the level of your children. I'm Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. How am I supposed yeah. to endure like endless coloring or reading the exact same book twelve times to get them to <laughs> yeah. sleep if I'm not on acid? Yeah, babies are very egoless. Might as well destroy your own ego. Get down there with them and be amazed at everything you see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, that, I'm learning. Like, we're uh, learning together. It's like such a stereotypical like stoner like thought that you have in college when you get high for the first time. But when it's also a thought you have when you're a parent and there's just a lot of downtime to think all mm-hmm. the thoughts. But I, <laughs> I just remember being like, I bet what they're seeing is very similar. Like the the experience of being a baby and seeing everything new for the first time is very similar to, you know, being on psychedelics of yes. some sort. Yes. Just being like and then they say the most high shit you've ever heard. Once you ever they can really talk. look at your hands, bro? Yeah, for real. <laughs> How do my bones move me was one of the things that one of my kids said to me like one, like very early on in his ability to speak. I was like, what the fuck? Wow. Where does or, that thought come in? The one thing when you get too high is like, how do I know when to breathe? That's always a yes. fun one. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Oh, dude. no. Oh, oh boy. It's bad. Yeah. That's, yeah, I was not good on pot. That <laughs> <laughs> was very, very not, not good, good on, on pot. pot. That, that's my other AK. Not good on pot. <laughs> Anyways, Francesca, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're talking inflation. The big inflation. Woo! The mainstream media seems to be just like, you know, casting about for explanations for inflation why we have it, how we're going to solve it. I finally found one that made sense to me. It's from a year ago, but it, I, I don't, and it's in a UK newspaper. And I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about interstellar objects, NASA's yes. mission to redirect an asteroid to somewhat related news stories that are coming to <laughs> us from outer space yeah. or not outer space. Inter, what, what is outer space? What's the difference there, Daniel? Uh, outer space versus inner, well, inner space is when, you know, you're, belly button is twisted a certain way and then outer space is when it was formed a different mm. way. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> that is code for, I don't know the answer to that question. But I'm gonna I Google do feel it like right I've now. heard or I've been corrected when I said something was outer space and they're like, no, that's God. incorrect. That's well, the equivalent of like grammar Nazis, but with space. Yeah, space Nazis. Come on. Which, it's cool all movie, unknown. You don't not, even know yeah. what dark matter is. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Space grammar. Nonsense. I think the inner space is where Richard Branson got to. And outer space is where Bezos and the other piece of shit got to. Mm. Got it. Elon. Yeah, because there right. is like that. That is what you worry about when you're like one of the richest people on mm. in the history of the planet yeah. is like touching the bottom of the pool, the deep end. You of got the, the pool, third base. Basically. Yeah, exactly. yeah, you got third to third base with the atmosphere. That being said, that's actually like, I know that's actually scientifically incorrect. Outer space is way farther out, but whatever, right. y'all. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Hey, and guess what? We don't give a shit. Yeah, all right. So, um, all of that, plenty more. But first, Francesca, we do like to ask our guests, what is something from your search history? Mm, this is a good one. Everyone put down uh, whatever you might be eating or drinking right now. But I'm looking into how to harvest colostrum. Yeah. Harvest colostrum. Do you guys have any idea what colostrum is? I 
feel like I uh, do. Just just think, just what does it sound like? Yeah, it sounds like shit-based something. Okay. Right? It does indeed. It does, right? Yeah. It's got the colon. Yeah. Uh, yep. It is not. It is the apparently incredibly nutrient-rich pre-breast milk excretion Ooh. that your tatas release when when they not my are tatas, but, not your tatas yeah. but um <laughs> yes one who can bear life's tatas uh release when they're about to have a kid and you're supposed to or it's good to harvest it <laughs> i do this is all coming back yeah and it and i am not looking forward to it but i'm gonna have to mm. try to do because like you when you breastfeed you have to wait for a few days for your milk to come in Blah, 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 blah. So instead, you got to like squeeze out a little bit of this like really good, like super milk, super fluid. The good stuff. Yeah, that that good, good. And it's... <laughs> that good, good. It's yeah. going to be weird. And I'm excited to... Um, and you kind of have to like put it in a spoon and then like suck it up with a syringe. It's all very freebasey, like weird heroin, heroin shit. Wow. I mean, you don't actually freebase. Your kid freebases it once it's You're into right. the world. Yeah, you do smoke it, you do light it, and then they yeah. suck it through yeah, the straw. They... The smoke. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, mom. Hold it, hold it, hold but it. But I'll be there on you acid, go. so you know we'll both be high. <laughs> so, the wow. the reason I didn't remember it was not because I was a you know checked out father. <laughs> what? But it was because I wasn't there. <laughs> it was yeah. Not only was I checked out, uh, no, because you made it sound you you made it sound like it was going to be gross, and I think I, that's beautiful. Okay. 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 Way to one up. Way to save. Good save. Thank you. Brilliant. Standing O. Wow. Yeah. There's a the 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 breast milk. There's a lot of work that goes into it. We had like the tons of the little baggies in our freezer for a long time. Just and then once we needed them, they go super fast. Yeah, man. That sucks. I know. Yeah. I've only milked a never milked myself. <laughs> but I've I've milked a pug dog. Well, this was a very I milked a pug wow. to try and get cuz you know all mammals are pretty similar like you need that first milk cuz it's again liquid gold. And so mm. I've like milked a pug dog to try to give to a very small pug that had a cleft palate and she oh she couldn't latch and so I we had to like put like a little tube down her throat oh. poor thing but it was adorable so adorable fucking adorable and oh, she lived she adorable. was great oh, wonderful yeah well thank you for saving that pug's life You're yeah welcome. seriously what is uh what's something you think is overrated um okay i think eating italian food in a restaurant is oh my God. 9 times out of 10 overrated because not that I, i'm italian i fucking love italian food but most Italian food, it's just a product of anti-Italian, you know, uh, bias, as we all know, raging the sort of, you know, one wow. of the many racisms we don't discuss in earnest. <laughs> uh, and I'm being completely facetious. Please don't okay. at me. But like, <laughs> but anyone thinks they can open an Italian restaurant and they can't. And anyone right. thinks like that, ah, yeah, pasta's pasta. No, it's not. You know, your red sauce has to be on point. Your shit's got to be on point. And like, I just went out and spent, it was a lovely spot, but I mean, it like ambiance wise, but I got gnocchetti, which is small little gnocchi. That shit was made of potato. It was just a fucking pasta. You can't just right. swap it out. And then they threw a ton of breadcrumbs on it. I'm like, what are we doing here? This is not a mac and cheese. Like, what are we? And it was, <laughs> it just wasn't good. And I'm like, 
Damn. I would rather, and I feel like especially overpriced Italian food, because you could go to like a normal mid-level Italian food. I'm obviously not talking Olive Garden, but you know, and you're like, this is a decent enough red sauce. You got a, you know, eggplant, parm. This is fine. Mm. But then, and the point is paying too much for Italian food is you can either cook it as well in your house or just pay less and eat it fine. What's your go-to home red sauce? Do you have a go-to? Yeah, it's like a, it's a red, it's like my, my Italian grandmother. Uh, oh, you make your own. Okay. Oh, and my, yeah. oh, my, oh, like a, like a, what you mean? Like in, yeah, what yeah. is the best I, one in, a, in a jar? About, yeah, in a jar. Cause I'm, that's, I couldn't even conceive that you were talking about making your own red sauce. <laughs> oh. That's how bad I am. Well, it should Called be at this point, Prego, because I was like, oh, Prego, mm. I am. Ah. But <laughs> I hear, I trust someone, Vince Mancini of Uproxx, who I know has been on this show, did a whole test of like the 50, or not the 50, but like the 20 best store bought sauces. And mm. I think Rouse. And Rouse I trust is his my shit. Arouse yeah. is like number one. Rouse really turned me around on like I, I grew up around. with Prego when I was a kid and just assuming that like there it was impossible to have really good pasta sauce it, when mm. you were making pasta at home. And Rouse really, really turned me around on that shit. I, I grew up it. on Classico. That was mine. And I thought Classico ah. was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Is Rouse any relation to the restaurant in Los Angeles, Rouse? I or think is it is. Rouse? Yeah, I think it can. Oh, it is. Yeah. R-A-O. Okay, cool. Yeah, R-A-O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'll tell you what, as someone who just came from two weeks in Italy, it's also really easy to find bad Italian food there as well. <laughs> really? Damn. Yeah. Wow. Where'd you go? We went to, we went to a number of cities, but yeah, we went to Olive Garden. But like, you know, in, in cities like Venice and Florence, super you're just super duper touristy. And anywhere within like the main circle of the cities, anywhere around your Rialtos, anywhere around your, your Duomos and stuff like that, you just got to you just got to write off immediately because they're interested in getting people in and out and not interested in making good food. Even if you're in the land of the delicious stuff, baby, don't be fooled. It's, it can happen to you too. That's so true. I went to Spain and I was like, I just want a good paella. And they were all like frozen from like a McDonald's Ah. menu laminated that every single restaurant had the same one. Ah, And I was like, Oh, and then picture. Yeah. And then you realize like actually good paella in Spain is like, you got to like kidnap someone's grandma. And, yeah. You know, that's what so we, we did. recommend yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she was fine too. Yeah. yeah. She, she was great. She loved yeah, it. She... <laughs> what is something you think is underrated? Underrated. Um, This is again, more baby shit, but honestly, I used to think baby showers were just so corny and like, everything's like a little ducky and a bow and a, and a, it's a boy, it's a baby. And actually, especially when I think you, it's like an all genders baby shower. It's like, no, we just eat really good food. It's just food and drink. Obviously, I'm Hell not drinking yeah. alcohol and like and like cute little gifts and doing dumb shit. I don't know. I just maybe I'm getting older. Maybe it's the hormones. But uh, I think baby showers can be fun as fuck. And so don't sleep on them. Yeah. Just a fun party. Yeah. yeah. Like a great excuse to see all your friends and stuff. Like exactly. Party's what you make yeah. of it. It's what you make of it. Have fun. Yes. Do what you want. Yes. Yes. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk inflation. We'll talk space and and many other things. We'll be right back. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. 
Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. i never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
and we're back. And inflation is the the word of the day across mainstream media outlets on NPR last week when the Fed raised interest rates again. They they had this little paragraph that made me go and search for a better explanation because their mm. NPR like financial reporter was like, let me break it down to you. People's expectations matter a lot on inflation. So if workers think that, oh, inflation, and this is a direct quote, that, oh, inflation's going to go up, I need higher wages, they're going to push for higher wages, and businesses will fear, feel more pressure for that, and they'll think, well, look, I can just raise prices to pay the higher wages. Then we get into a cycle. So it's like th- their explanation starts with, Workers wanting to be paid to higher wages. Yes, please, please blame the lowest people on the totem pole. The people with completely without power is is how, and they were like doing it in a conversation about like how the 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 rate hike might be all about trying to manage expectations. But this was the only description we got of like the dynamics at play, and mm. you you don't get that very often because. They usually the mainstream media will just default to, well, the economists say it's because they they paid people too much money during the pandemic or whatever. But once again, I went out looking for a better explanation for this because it just it seems like absolute bullshit to me. Like it makes sense as the way the U.S. wants to characterize the crisis we're going through because they have to fabricate a version of this that is blamed on workers having it too good or really anything besides, you know, an out-of-control capital class. But I, I also think there's, like, a mainstream media bias toward wanting there to be a technocratic solution to this structural problem and, like, some math-based magic where, like, an Ivy League graduate solves an equation so good that, like, suddenly America is saved. And so they always want to, like, put it in this realm of, like, a hypothetical zero gravity realm of pure thought that is called the market. Mm-hmm. And I found I found this explanation from former Secretary of Labor from the United States, Robert Reich, and he was writing all the way back in 2021 uh, in The Guardian, a UK paper. You're not allowed to write this shit in, in America. But yeah, they didn't let you uh, do animations in, in the United States. You can only right. do them in the UK. That's how right. Robert Reich speaks. In yes. wonderful animation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he's basically saying the problem. I'll, I'll just read from his explanation. There's a deeper structural reason for inflation, one that appears to be growing worse. The ec- economic concentration of the American economy in the hands of a relative few corporate giants with the power to raise prices. If markets were competitive, companies would keep their prices down in order to prevent competitors from grabbing away customers. But they're raising prices even as they rake in record profits. How can this be? They have so much market power that they can raise prices with impunity. Viewed this way, the underlying problem isn't inflation per se. It's a lack of competition. Corporations are using the excuse of inflation to raise prices and make fatter profits. Mm. And... Hmm. that makes that was it was the first time i was like yeah that's what i'm seeing and he wrote this a year ago and it's describing exactly what we've been seeing in the year since because he just wrote it like as we started seeing inflation that seemed noteworthy and kind of hard to explain because yeah the way that the market is supposed to work is that 
if the, if one company raises prices, the other company will lower them and get all the customers away. And that's not happening because corporations realize they could get away with raising prices. They're up at least partially because corporations all decided to raise prices when people got a little extra money from the government. It was supposed to get us through a generational plague. And they've stayed up because corporations are all powerful God beings in America. And there's like nothing that anyone can do to hold them accountable or to make them do anything. And in fact, the mainstream media, while they're out here like being like, what? What is this inflation thing? I guess we're all going to have to go through a lot of pain with these rate hikes to to address the inflation. They will write articles about how cool it is that like Disney figured out their pricing magic on on their parks, which the pricing magic was just raise prices. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Genius. Yeah. Well, what would you expect from a corporation? I mean, it's really interesting that whenever we talk about incentives, right? We only talk about incentives for workers to get back to work and accept some shit job with like horrible hours where you don't accept unions, you know, uh, rather than incentives for leaders of industry to fucking lower their prices. And exactly what you're saying, which is, hey, how about some competition? Uh, And the fact is they don't have any incentive to lower their prices because there is no competition because we live in an increasing, you know, sort of monopoly, no matter what sector you're talking about. We just had an averted railway strike, right? Because railroad workers wanted days off, just just a day off without threats of being fired. And the narrative was, oh, God, we're going to lose two billion dollars a day, not Holy shit, did you know that there are only like four companies or three companies that own all the railroads? They're all privatized. And despite being held to these other labor standards that we've created around railroads, those haven't been updated in decades. And like they're gouging these workers. They're trying to run rails with one person on a three mile long train. Are you kidding me? Like so. And that's the narrative just becomes, oh, no, no. How is how are these cantankerous workers? Mm-hmm. going to hurt business. Yeah. Like right. no motherfucker business could do something right now. Right. I yeah. mean I think the other thing we have to talk about I had a uh, Richard Wolf economist, you know, other like, you know, like everyone should love Reich and Richard Wolf was wonderful. I had him on the Bituation room and he was explaining like the different moments in history where we did something about inflation that actually held industry accountable. I mean, obviously, the Great Depression, price controls, you know, under FDR, but then under Nixon, who's like, no one's going to say Nixon was some fucking, you know, like big lefty. lefty. Exactly. Commie. Yeah. But he had, you know, during the early 70s, there was a, you know, crazy inflation. And he was like, all right, we're doing we're doing wage freezes. So there's some pain felt, you know, by like working people. We're also doing price freezes. You can't just raise the price of gas crazy like that, or you can't just rate, you know, whatever the hell. So everyone's going to have to eat it for a little bit because we need to cool things off. And the fact that we cannot entertain that in the, you know, 50 years later just shows you how much corporations have completely owned our political system. And then also like, you know, how much more concentrated they are now versus in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so that was one thing that Reich pointed out is that since the 80s, two thirds of all American industries have become more concentrated. And and that makes it so there is there aren't 
like competition there aren't these competitive like markets that all of these speculation about like how we're going to get out of inflation is based on there being a free market where none of the people none of the actors are like all powerful and able to sit back and change the rules just based on what suits them yeah yeah it's it's pretty crazy but we just have to go it's like it's the same thing with our politics it's like well, I guess we're debating the wall now. Should there be a wall on the border or sh- shan't there? And you're like, wait a minute. I didn't agree to these you know, parameters of discussion. It's like, since when did we agree to this kind of economy and to, you know, narrowing our focus on how to fight inflation to such a limited scope whereby the people in power literally get off scot-free? Like, oh, it's it's completely not on them. It's on us for not accepting whatever it is, $10 an hour. Right. Yeah. And I mean, there, there's just no, there's nothing, there's no, I haven't seen like the beginning of a serious person in like a mainstream news outlet suggesting a way for it to hold like a corporations accountable. Like he, he points out that like in the, in the eighties, they just like gave up on like antitrust enforcement. Mm-hmm. So now like Monsanto sets the price for all of the nation's seed corn, the government right. greenlighted Wall Street's consolidation into five giant banks. Airlines have merged from 12 in 1980 to four today. Boeing and McDonnell Douglas merged, leaving the U.S. with just one large producer of civilian aircraft. Three giant cable companies dominate broadband, Comcast, AT&T, and Verizon, whereas there used to be like so many of them. And then just, you know, pharmaceuticals, like all of these major, major industries have just continuously seen this consolidation into bigger, bigger like conglomerates that are individually almost as powerful as the U.S. government. And so the U.S. government can't do shit about them. They're so massively powerful. And that's, I think, ties back to why we see things like you know, Joe Biden coming into office and then being like, ah, I can't do shit, you guys, like asking <laughs> us to do something Yeah. once he's in power because like he can't do anything. And it's because he's not like heading the U.S. economy. He's just like a bystander, basically. The worst part about this is that it's going to mean fucking hell for most of us. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not just like futzing with numbers to, like, get the right thing. It's not just it's like it's it's moving that dial. And that dial means people are out of their homes. That dial means people aren't eating like the fact that this will lead to recession, especially the 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 raising of inflation rates, you know, which is putting pressure on the rental market. Right. Because be, people who might otherwise invest in a home or even have the luxury or ability to do that aren't necessarily doing it right now because inflation rates are so high or if they're moving to a different home and things like that. So it's all this, as they say, like downward pressure. And then, I don't know, let's invest in cops to just, you know, police the unhoused who've lost their, you know, lost their rental or whatever it is. So it just, it's like, you know, you can't fuck with the economy like this And because it actually means life or death for a lot of people. 
And yet this is supposed to, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of trying to cajole business leaders eventually because the idea is, well, we squelch the working class and we squeeze them to the point where they won't buy anything anymore. Then if they don't buy anything anymore, yeah, yeah, a few of them, you know, will be homeless, you know, uh, et cetera. But, But then, then if they stop buying things, then business leaders will be like, shit, we're not selling as much. And then they're going to lower the price. Ta-da. Right. Yeah. Like that's literally, that is the calculation of raising interest rates. And it it's insane. Yeah. And it also, yeah, it, I, I feel like the feedback loop that the, the way they get information and process information, the people who are in charge of these corporations and who lead these corporations and interact with them, they never get a honest, like straight take of, of like what, what you just said. I, I feel like it's... I don't know. I'm curious because you're I think you're closer to like more mainstream media outlets than maybe we are as just like, you know, I'll speak for myself personally, just a jackass who's like kind of reading it and trying to make Double. sense of it and make some dick jokes here and there. But like, do you we need those? Do you <laughs> do you think that like how, why is the mainstream media so like will are they willfully oblivious do is it something where they just learned that you have to like speak this eco or econ like language to be considered a serious person and like so just saying straightforward corporations have too much power they have the power to like treat workers inhumanely and raise prices and congratulate themselves for raising prices and legally act like sociopaths and kill people like they that just like doesn't that it feels like that would be if, if the New York Times was as interested in inflation as it seems like they are with yeah. the volume of stories they write about it. It seems like they would be writing about that a lot and kind of telling that story a lot. I Instead, mean, not. No. Instead, that doesn't happen. The two things. I mean, one is who, where do they get their funding? You know, and most corporate outlets get their funding from corporations, <laughs> even if yeah. they're like PBS. It's like, thank you, Koch Brothers, uh, for this right. segment on uh, fossil fuels. And you're like, what? So, I mean, there's <laughs> obviously that. And then there is, I think, the way we've been taught to learn about the economy, like you're saying, it's siloed to economists, just certain, like, complete free market trickle down economists, which as Chomsky would always say, like the free market isn't free. Look at it like now um, there's incredible subsidies. There's incredible monopolies. You could not argue that it's free. It's like the one thing that libertarians and maybe maybe I agree on. But, um, you know, Robert Reich will sneak in an appearance on MSNBC once in a blue moon, uh, as will I once in a blue moon. (laughs) But then I think the the other answer is like also the people listening and buying, you know, largely homeowners, right? Largely older folks. So if that's your audience, there's just no incentive to have like, I don't know, a 20-year-old Starbucks worker who just got fired for trying to organize her workplace to come on and be like, you know, hey, this is what it, this is the reality. I mean, forget 20 years. And what about a 50-year-old mom of two? You know, what about the majority of people who do minimum wage work who are like women of color and moms? Yeah. Yeah, the, we we just don't hear 
from them. We don't hear anything besides, like the message seems to be this is too, or at least the messages that hits my brain is like, this is too complicated for you. Like, don't don't talk about it because you don't understand all of the market forces that are at work in these rising prices. But yeah, I mean, just reading Reich talk about it, like he he talks about how Pepsi and Coca-Cola like announced, Pepsi announced it was increasing prices, blaming, quote, higher costs of some ingredients, freight and labor. Except, like, it it didn't. They had just recorded $3 billion in operating profits through September. And, like, that was the same thing with another company, like, another major company. Well, the recipe's changed, Jack. That's, uh, you know, but it's a secret. Yeah. But it requires different transfer. We got to build a pipeline, in fact, to to move the Coca-Cola. Anyway, got to go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Suddenly the prices all increased at the same time. And he, he even says, like, that. I think this is I, I think they're colluding, like because Pepsi and Coke just raised their prices at like the same amount at the same time. And like, why wouldn't they? Nobody's holding them accountable for collusion. And also it just makes them more money. Like we don't have an, another option. Right. Like we don't. We, I, I personally have to drink at least a 12 pack of either Coke <laughs> or Pepsi every day. Neat. So, <laughs> yeah. Gotta do that do somehow. Yeah. One of the companies he talks about ra- raising prices then went on to like buy $3 billion worth of their own stock. That's the other thing we, we don't even talk about is these, they're, they're just inflating their fucking price for share, shareholders. Right. It's like, you know, I think we, I wish we had something as dramatic as a Great Depression, you know, and you like had the photographer taking a picture of like, oh, my God, look like a like a poor white woman in the streets, you know, with dust on her face. Like we need Mm -hmm. that because that's actually happening now. It's just moving a little bit more slowly, Um, but not even we have like these like insane crises like the pandemic and then uh, like a crisis in, in the economy in terms of massive amounts of inequality but we're just told to like i don't know what just fucking eat it just keep on eating shit you know what (laughs) i don't want to do it no more yeah they used to say just uh eat shit asshole but now they say keep eating shit Mm -hmm. by the way please keep it up be grateful for the shit and that's essentially what they're doing they're trying to cajole people back to work meanwhile as someone on the precipice of motherhood motherfucking as our abortion, you know, our, our freedom of choice is going away and mm. abortion rights are going away. Like, who's making my life easier? Because, like, so many people have been forced out of the workforce are women, our moms, who are like, yeah. daycare is insanely expensive. There is no universal pre-K. The fuck do you want me to do? And it's like, you could do anything to make that easier. Nah. Right. Nah. Zero. Nah. Nah. Fuck that. <laughs> fuck that. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. All right. Let's <laughs> well let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk interstellar objects, uh, which Ooh. is exciting and scary and uh <laughs> oh it's making okay. <laughs> reality into a Michael Bay film a little bit, which I'm on board with. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, To Live and Die in LA. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast. I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. 
all these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. Oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
And we're back. And Yay. when when DJ Daniel comes on, super producer <laughs> DJ Daniel comes on, we always like to have a little little space story. He is our Definitely space. space that's that's kind of his beat. So I threw one in. Very light beat. <laughs> just a tapping beat. <laughs> I, I threw one in there. I was all excited. And then I texted him. I was like, hey, we, yeah, I got, a, I got a space story for you today. And he threw out like two that he was like, oh, it must be this one or this one or this <laughs> one. I was like, ah, I fucked up. So no, you, not at all. Do you want to just tell us real quickly the, the two, the ones we should be talking about that were not? Oh, well. <laughs> The two that I thought it might be was that uh, every once in a while we get a dump of new pictures from the James Webb Space Telescope. Yeah. The most recent one was an incredibly clear picture of Neptune, one of the most clearly we have been able to see. It's one of the first infrared pictures of Neptune, and it looks awesome. See the rings super clearly. It's just like, oh, damn, that's like a wow. dope-ass picture of Neptune. So that's super sick. And then the other one was that we recently discovered an exoplanet that was really funny because it was described as Earth-like. But the issue was that it rains lava from the sky. So people were like, so not Earth-like at all, but uh, it was a very, very funny description just to find another exoplanet that was in like the slightly habitable range that's like within a, it's like the same distance from a star, blah, 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 all this stuff. But it was like, it rains fire. There's no way that, you know, very far from Earth-like, but alas. So when you said I got an Earth story or we got a space story, I'm like, oh, is it Neptune or the fire planet? You're like, uh, neither. <laughs> Can but, I just this say, is also object. This I is also love object, yes. every time they discover a planet that they say is Earth-like, and then yes. exactly that. You're like, the only thing is you know, there's constant earthquakes. It's about a 12-pointer perpetually. I mean, in, <laughs> it never stops earthquaking. Once never. the earthquake settles down, we believe that there is dew that forms, not on plants, but on a, uh, like, I don't know. Exactly. Just, you're like, so not at all like Earth, and we should still probably take care of yeah. this planet because and the dew is like xenomorph blood it does like <laughs> yeah. burn it will burn through your skin so that that's well, a you problem can't drink that we'll have it. to figure out yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this this story is actually about like how little we know about what everything outside of our solar system so mm. we've we've had these like james webb telescopes that get, take these really beautiful stunning pictures or infrared readings you know of of these uh, celestial bodies and very cool. Um, I assumed that our solar system was just lousy with things coming from like other solar systems, just like sure. flying through, you know, being right. ejected out of uh, mm. quasars. Or what, what's the thing called? Hither and thither. Hither and thither is the <laughs> word I was looking for. No, the like supernovae. You know, I thought I oh, thought the, sure. that was like blasting us with uh, you know, space shrapnel all the time. Gamma rays. Yeah. But it's a it's a lot of rays, but like we don't have many rocks or objects mm. that have come to us. And in fact, so I, I had kind of missed that you remember when the long cigar shaped thing like flew came flying into our <laughs> into our solar system. Ua mua mua. Uh, mm -hmm. is not how it's pronounced, but it's how I'm pronouncing it. It it came flying in. It was miles long, mm. uh, miles big, shaped like a cigar. Mm. And it sped up as it got closer to the sun and then like took a right turn and just fucked yeah. off. This caught, caught a gravity whip and just went. Yeah, Sounds like yeah. how I got pregnant. Hey, -oh. <laughs> oh, watch out now. <laughs> miles long Mo -mo. and cigar shaped. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> Matt's going to be like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, babe. God. Official cosign. Yeah. But so 
like that was actually what the first interstellar object mm. that oh. has been like identified in our yep. solar system. And it was like they know it was interstellar, interstellar because of like how fast it was moving. I don't they still they have like a theory of like how it did what it did that involves there being some sort of gas that was frozen and then as it melted slash dissolved it like created a rocket that sent it shooting off in in the opposite direction so sick it is super sick but there there is a harvard astronomer who believes it was just an alien spacecraft or like the relic of one the remnants of one and i like that we always have to entertain that possibility right because we just don't know it just sounds like one of those like you know did you see a ghost or did you see a refraction of like a light on a mm. lens that was like hitting your doll on a way? And you're like, no, nah, I think I just might have actually seen like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. It does to open it, our minds to that. It feels a little like reading the lengthy explanation of like all the things that would have had to have been happening for this not to have been an alien spacecraft. What did feel like, okay, so you are working hard to make it to just be like it, it can't be that so let's mm. let's go with this this other explanation because the turn so it yeah, comes the into turn. the solar system and then turns i think as it got closer to the sun that warmed it up maybe and that caused it to melt and that created the rocket thing is sort of the working theory uh, that doesn't involve extraterrestrial life or like it right. being artificially like designed to do that there so the, this harvard astronomer it's it's not like he is a someone who's just like it's got like seeing aliens everywhere yeah. like he he's just see every, always seems to be like yeah that's an option and in this case like that i don't know i don't know what the fuck it is so may probably that uh not not in those words he's much more eloquent than me but but <laughs> probably he so he's using all this like confidential government tracking systems which i think are mainly designed to notice missile strikes mm-hmm. and to identify, you know, if somebody has launched a missile basically anywhere in the atmosphere. And it's he's using that to identify asteroids. And so the thing that Oumuamua and then there are these two asteroids that actually came into our atmosphere and like kind of burned up slash exploded into a fireball they were moving mm-hmm. so fastly. So fastly, as you mm-hmm. can tell, I'm a scientist. That's good science talk. <laughs> but... They they are both moving faster than like there there is a l- speed limit at which it doesn't make sense that someone something is traveling around in our solar system. And that speed limit is forty two kilometers per second, which is super fast. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Easy, easy money. <laughs> yeah, and these things, these three things, Momo and these other two asteroids that actually came into Earth's atmosphere, were moving like in the sixties. They think yeah. based on based on these tracking mm. devices. And the other thing is that they seem to be more like hard than Mm. anything should be. Like they Mm. they take longer to burn up and explode than anything should, given like what we know about matter and like matter inside our solar system. So they're going to like go look for these asteroids. And like we, we talked about the fact that they were like going looking for this asteroid. He thinks it could be you know, extraterrestrial in origin or some intelligent life form. Mm -hmm. I always think it's interesting to assume that when we make first contact, it's not going to be somebody being like, sup. 
it's going yes. to be us discovering a relic from a long dead civilization because mm-hmm. there's been so much time before we showed up like so there, much so much like a- aliens might might have stopped by earth hundreds of times and just like not you know they just like didn't yeah we weren't we're we weren't here pretty yet. too like i get yeah. why you stopped by <laughs> right yeah, yeah yeah they or they yeah they stopped by in the like 200s <laughs> yeah, and they know, were like, "There's nothing here." They were like us, like shitting on other planets. Shits. Like, there's nothing yeah. here but fire. Just exactly. a lot of lava. They may have stopped by when we were the planet that was yeah. raining fire onto e- the Earth. Like, exactly. So knows? I like that he always, when he's talking about what these things might be, he's always saying like artifacts. Like they could mm. be artifacts from like an Love alien that. spacecraft. Yeah. He also thinks it could be like basically like bullet shrapnel from a supernova when a star explodes and sends so sick. like just literal bullets flying across the fucking universe so sick which is sick and also pretty scary if these things move are moving faster than anything i can conceive of and are harder than anything like yeah. on like our peri- periodic table might just be bullshit <laughs> and, and it, you're right the, the stuff like that we're missing might be like way harder than what, the what hardest we got. element which is hard r h r three there what it is. <laughs> hard RHR3. Yeah. Those bars right there. Hard RHR3 is like the, just like the white supremacist pe- periodic table. Yeah. <laughs> bars. I don't know uh, what the hardest element is. Do you? No clue. No, no clue. No clue at all. But what yeah. I will say is it does excite me, and I really hope that they do go down into, I believe it was that this uh, this most recent interstellar object crashed into the waters off of Portugal, I believe mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We gotta send we gotta send some submarines down there because maybe They're we get going. a little extra day they will I await their return. Because yeah. whatever we find out about this is gonna be fascinating no matter what it is. They might have the cure for uh, inflation down there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's fact. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> that, that should be Damn. the first question. We found it. How do we, we found sh- trillions of dollars in precious metals all yeah. of a sudden? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> anyway. I think we should go Whenever they do finally approve of this submarine to like go look for this, I think we should bring back going down to the dock and like getting dressed up and just waving to the boat as it goes yeah. away. Like let's, let's, do, let's it. do that. I'll bring uh, my little pinwheel. Bye like, bye. So apparently, Super Producer Becca is saying the hardest element on Earth is carbon, specifically in the form of a diamond, mm. and that's why. Yeah, but that's why we love them. Why we, love them, folks. Why we love them. People we love them, don't we, folks? <laughs> we just, we just love them. So related-ish to this story, or at least it, they both kind of reminded me of one another, and they're kind of happening around the same time. Is that NASA today, that this evening, is crashing a car-sized spacecraft into a an asteroid, like an asteroid that they know about. It's in so the solar system. With the idea that, like, if what you know, what one of these days we're going to be on a collision course with a massive asteroid, and we need to be able to like steer that shit, get get that out of out of the way, and so this is their first attempt to do that. And this this story actually resulted in my discovery of the coolest sounding job in existence, which is planetary defense officer for NASA. Like, so dope. Yeah, 
<laughs> That's better than Space Force. I'm sorry. We have to say planetary defense officer. <laughs> it does sound like a job a four-year-old is making up. But yeah, they're just going to crash that shit. And then they have another little space camera that's coming, that's rolling, rolling up behind it to like take pictures. And like they have a, they sent a videographer essentially, like a AI videographer, but a, you know, it's like a cube that is going to roll up behind and like get us a video of them mm -hmm. crashing into the asteroid to see if they can just like get it to move. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I like this description though when they're talking about it. How much momentum Dart imparts on Dimorphos will depend on whether the asteroid is solid rock or more like a rubbish pile. Huh. I, lo I love I love that description because yeah, it could just be like a collection of like small pieces of rock that are like flying through space and like a tight little bunch, kind of like a flock of birds. But if it's a big old solid rock, it might be a little bit more difficult. Oh, I assumed it was the opposite. I assumed that if it's just like the, or rather, it's rocks. more dangerous. If it's a Got group it. of rocks, it's like less it's 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 less dire because smaller pieces can break up much easier. But like a big ass rock, it's like, yeah, you might be able oh, to move yeah. it, but but that's a more dangerous potential. Oh yeah. Don't wanna close my eyes. <laughs> don't wanna... I'm just wondering when we can send Bruce Willis to the center of the I don't understand <laughs> how like acceleration and impact and mass work in outer space like is it the same principles with just zero gravity so you're like you know what i mean like d d yeah. does your impact have to be bigger because you're not or is it less because you're working with you're not moving through gravity i don't know yeah i think it's less like i think that's yeah. how they're able to get something moving fourteen thousand miles per hour which is how fast dart is going to be moving <laughs> yeah. when it crashes yeah. into this is because like you just keep applying pressure and there's nothing like kind of there's no friction or right. like headwinds that are like slowing it down. So yeah. right. it's going it like you can get up to 14,000 miles per hour and then, you know, hopefully that. But but it is th this does seem like a situation where it, it is almost like purely academic zero gravity, just pl apply force this direction and. Math is so much simpler in space. God, I know. these astrophysicists are it. fucking phoning it in. So easy. It's so easy. Their job is so easy. They're it, just it, hanging out, throwing <laughs> throwing stuff at rocks. I mean, like, I don't know. Let's give it a look-see. <laughs> yeah. It, it, when you read about, like, all of the things that they have, like, programmed this to do, like, they have programmed it to get up to 14,000 miles per hour, then have a, have a little camera cube detach and follow behind it, and then have it, like, light up a camera and, like, start taking video as it crashes into the thing. Then they have another one that's, like, coming up behind it to, like, take samples. Like, I start to sweat. When I think yeah. about like, how much <laughs> they have programmed this thing to do, but it it is pretty impressive. It's very impressive. That we just B plus. There's been a lot <laughs> of like I just see a lot of cigarette butts in little you know ashtrays and a lot of like using tennis balls as comparison and like right. little golf balls and just like a lot of men in in ties and suits like staying up really. I'm just describing Apollo 13 really. But right. Yeah. That's how I assume it's all going. At Abakai everywhere, just uh, <laughs> you know. And then one guy like crumples up a piece of paper and like lands it into the waste paper basket. And he's like, "Wait a minute, you know." And yeah. then they all, did you see that angle, bro? Yeah. Like yeah, that. Anyway, when you just shot that in and shouted LeBron, it gave me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
It's wild. It's very, it's very exciting. Like th- this also, it just really gave me respect for like what they're able to do, but also how little we know. The fact that we're only aware of three objects that have come from outside of our solar system. I mean, I guess that's partially because space is big. And so, yes. like, and it's mostly empty. And yeah. so it, it's, it's very weird when a thing comes into our solar system, because why would it come into our solar system instead of any other of the billions of solar systems or even better, like the massive, massive amounts of like empty space between solar systems. But when did the Oumuamua, when did it come into the solar system again? Recently or no, a while ago? Look, looking at the map, it's kind of trajectory from coming like from outer space into or from outer space from outside of our solar system into it was starting around like 2014. It passed by everything close-ish around 2017, and it's now on its way. It's now on its way out. And oh. judging by this kind of like scale here, it looks like it's about as far away now as when we discovered as when we started like seeing it back in 2014. So it's like you know. It's at a it's at a full you know V shaped move away from our solar system. But yeah, twenty seventeen around is when we uh, when it was close, right? So it's all happening. It's and all it, happening. Like it does seem like part of me was like, oh my god, like we're under attack. They've got, mm-hmm. They sent this thing by, and now we're seeing all these interstellar meteorites or you know asteroids that are like crashing towards us but it also seems like we're just using tools that we didn't they didn't have access to like they're using classified government data and analyzing that and being like oh okay here's one and here's another one from yeah you know i mean it's a little bit like you know that you know the film don't look up which i actually liked i like heavy-handed shit i'm not a i'm not I'm not so precious about my yeah. uh, my messaging in film. Yeah. Lay like, your heavy hands on me, Adam. Yeah, lay them heavy hands on me. <laughs> massage my supple little brain. Um, <laughs> but I, I wish that the Earth would end with an asteroid instead of just a slow, yeah. like, plastic bag over its head like we're doing now. Just like that would be... <laughs> I mean, the Earth won't end again. It's us who will end right, its right. life on Earth. Yeah. But uh, it would, it would, it's too easy, right? It would be too much absol- absolution or like we, yeah. we would get off too yeah. easy Agreed. if we could just go out like that. It's like, oh yeah. man, we got to stay and work at us. this shit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What can you do? The, do, you, do you, if you were in charge and mm-hmm. you, they, you, you knew, like, let's say you're, you're elected president and, you know, eight, ten years, as I expect you, full Thank as you. I fully expect you to be. The show, the and they're like, okay, so here's the deal, like that every president knows, but like the, there is an asteroid heading towards us. Mm-hmm. It's three years away. It's going to demolish us. We don't have any options. Like, would you want to tell people, or would you just be like, all right, like let them? We'll let them find out when they find out. Three years is the problem, you know? Here's the thing. I was like, I just, I don't want cops to beat the shit out of people for the things that they do. And I, and, right. and so I feel, and I feel like the militaristic state that I would command, like we mm-hmm. haven't obviously put in place, you know, my, my friendship officers uh, and my, <laughs> right. my, my care bears as uh, border patrol uh, yet. And so, Depends on what what stage of my um, dictatorship we're in. 
Right. right. Yeah, right. yeah, that's That's a good not point. base, it's a Care Bear stare. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but so I I but I would want to tell people. I think they have to they have a right to know and yeah. uh there's just going to be a lot of orgies and I think that'll be okay. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. Yeah. I it think would that's be the fun. right answer. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Just got to let them know. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, the the dictatorial like police state was was implied in me saying that you were going <laughs> exactly. to come to power. Like I think everybody <laughs> knew that's where where you were headed with it. Mm-hmm, so I don't think mm-hmm. you even needed to say that. Keep harvesting your colostrum, peas, <laughs> 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 and feed it to me. Sweet nutrient rich colostrum. Yes. Francesca, as always, truly a pleasure having you. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you, follow you, all that good stuff? I love being on this show. Obviously, love this show. Follow me on all the socials at Franny Fio, F-R-A-N-I-F-I-O. And listen to the Bituation Room podcast. It's a weekly show. We had Roy Wood Jr. on, and we stream every Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, hey. 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at Franny Fio uh, as Amazing. well. Yeah. Boom. He's such a great podcast guest. Yeah, I think he's, he's like, he's is there a tweet or some other work of social media you've been enjoying? I feel I'm I'm afraid that you guys might have done this one already. Hey, that's fine. But I really did love the Tolkien this, Tolkien that, try Tolkien to a girl. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. I love that. <laughs> I'm trying to find who wrote that, but at some point it'll be somewhere. I like that. I also like that my phone is trolling me by uh, giving me memories of my best friends, like best friends throughout the years, and it's straight up me and my cat (laughs) the entire thing is just my cat and i and i'm like fair but fuck you yeah i got friends (laughs) here you go loser here's the best friends we we had to create something for you so uh enjoy this daniel where can people find you uh what is a tweet you've been enjoying uh you can find me on most of the internet at uh, DJ underscore Daniel, D-A-N-L. I, too, am on Twitch doing far less important stuff on uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays, uh, doing the usual playing video games, having people activate channel points that jump scare me. It's great. And uh, a tweet that I've been liking, I've been liking a number, but... Uh, <laughs> You've been liking it. I've just, been just been, been it's liking an ongoing a process. Oh, There's lots like that it? are that yeah. are ones that are like 10 out of 10 no notes with a series of pictures of people being <laughs> dumb. But one that was great <laughs> from a good friend, Christy Yamaguchi Main. The tweet itself is just dudes rock. And it's a video of a guy with a sword and a tie-dye t-shirt chopping the top off of a watermelon, reaching into the watermelon, pulling out a Pabst Blue Ribbon, cracking <laughs> it open and just shooting it into his face. Mm. And <laughs> that's just, you know... Dudes, let's just dudes, dudes rock, rocking. Just yeah. dudes rocking, chopping the top off of a watermelon and pulling a beer out of it. Mm. Living life, one approaching comet at I a hope time. It was cold. I think it was pretty. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes. Okay. <laughs> it yeah. was cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's me, and that's where you can find me. Let's see a tweet I've been enjoying. Reticent baller. Oh, at by your logic on Twitter tweeted. It's weird to think about Maroon Five or Train or bands like that organically forming and like playing clubs as they build up an audience. Are there local scenes for that kind of music? And that I, I was trying to figure out like what what that would be like. You like go to a small show in a bar and it's Maroon Five. <laughs> Maybe they were like cooler back then, and then they get like sort of the the creases ironed out of their brain. (laughs) Creases. 
I think. Yeah, I don't know. They were made in a lab. I don't think they yeah. ever, <laughs> ever played a small stage. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Hey, Daniel. Yes, sir. What's a song that you think people might enjoy? Well, uh, the legend Kenny Beats released his own album, his first ever solo album, known for producing all sorts of music for other people, produced for bands like Idols, produced for rappers like Rico Nasty, produced for all sorts of people. But this time, Kenny made his own album. The album's called Louie. One of my favorite songs off of it is a song called Moir, like Noir, but with an M. M-O-R-I-E, or Moira. Mm. Anyway, great song. Check it out. Moira by Kenny Moira. Beats off of the album Louie. Yeah, Moira, like a Moira Quirk, if you will, from a Global Guts fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm. what I was going to say, too. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, go check that out in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. But we are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending. And we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.